Hi guys! Just letting you know today that I'm really sorry about the thing we're going to start the show off with, but Ryan insists. What are you talking about? Well, I hear, I don't you, know. I hear you have a game for us to play. I don't, I don't know how you could possibly guess that. You were asking me for so a you know of- how. So you know I've been asking you for parts of speech very subtly over the course of the day? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a novel way of introducing um today's topic. Today's topic. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hear it then and get it over with. <clears throat> He's so smug. Theodore Buster Geisel was an American author, political cartoonist, poet, animator, book pooper, and artist <laughs> best known for authoring more than 60 children's doorknobs under the flimsy name Dr. Seuss. His work includes several of the most gentle ponies of all time, such as Horton Hears a Helicopter, <laughs> and How the Grinch Stole Halloween. Yes! Oh, yes! His books sold over 600 million copies and were sneezed into more than Splevantian languages over the course of his life. Achoo! Gesundheit. That's one. <laughs> the headline tomorrow is going to be, Local podcast host believes Splevantine is a number. <laughs> no, you said... I was getting sick of you asking me for random words, and so I said Splevantine. It's a... Why did you just stop? <laughs> well, I stopped. And now everyone had to go through that. So we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. And you know how um, bonding through chaos and adversity uh, brings people much closer than they otherwise would have been brought? Yeah. It's like that. So now we're all better friends for it. Thanks, like being guys. trapped in a burning building. Thanks. You're welcome. Marginalize my art. We're talking about Dr. Seuss today. What? <laughs> I really want to read How the Grinch Stole Halloween. I know, right? I want Horton Here's a Helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture him in like the Vietnam War. <laughs> oh my God. Does that not? <laughs> Holy shit. Horton's got non flashbacks. <laughs> A person's a person, no matter how small. I can blow their asses to kingdom come. <laughs> so, Ryan, what's your favorite Dr. Seuss book? Let's get real here. Well, obviously my favorite Dr. Seuss book is the best Dr. Seuss book, The Lorax. Agreed. That is the best Dr. Seuss book, the one with the best message, and possibly the cutest one, and the saddest one. Can you give a plot synopsis in 10 seconds or less? Um, I can try. And go. Young boy sees a hermit in the woods, talks to him about how he chopped down all the trees and the forest spirit was really mad about it. And then he left and everything's bad. But then he gives him a seed and hopes that he can fix it. Nice. That was nine seconds. Cool. You were close to the wire, bud, but you pulled on through. I pulled it off. (laughs) You're dangerous, Maverick. (laughs) It's my favorite Dr. Seuss book also. And I don't want to dwell on it. But there was a CG movie. I don't think so. No, it was it's the actually movie, a pretty good movie. <laughs> the movie itself was quite good. I enjoyed it a lot. It had some fun music. Um, the cultural aftermath in certain social media circles <laughs> wasn't awesome, but it's over now. And we can move on. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Onceler. <laughs> What's your favorite live action adaptation of a Dr. Seuss book? Oh, boy. <laughs> Of the many, many of them. Okay, between the Mike Myers cat in the hat and the Jim Carrey how the Grinch stole Halloween. <laughs> um, the live action Grinch movie was actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy it a lot. 
I think Jim Carrey makes a slightly less terrifying Grinch than Mike Myers does a Cat in the Hat because holy shit. That yeah, meme that going wild. around where it's the cat in the hat holding like a baseball bat over his head and swinging at someone from behind. Like, yeah, it's that scary the whole movie. Yeah, it's real rough. I don't like it at all. But there are a lot of reasons why I love the Lorax. I could do a dissertation, but I'm not going to. Just a small digression. First of all, since our show revolves around monsters, the Lorax is... Well, not monstrous. You know, I think he falls into the category of monster. He is a great little gremlin. Little creature. L- gnome, maybe. Yeah. Like, maybe he falls into the category of gnome or troll. Hmm. I think he he's like a woods troll. I think he's a forest spirit. <laughs> like in Princess Mononoke. Yeah, I literally think he's the same thing. But with well, a mustache and he's... Less magic. And more belligerent. Mm-hmm. I think if I was a forest spirit, I'd be pretty fucking belligerent, too, about all these humans or... Or whose, as yeah. the case may be. One thing that I love about the Lorax is the way that Dr. Seuss uses sound in a picture book. It's <laughs> kind of great. Like, first of all, he's got interjections like slop and gazump. <laughs> those are like noises that. I make on a daily basis. I know. Oh, I just excuse those gazumps. <laughs> oh, just I waking slopped up. in my pants again. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also he uses visual language to give the story a soundtrack. The story is told to the young man by the onceler through a whisper phone. Which is so good. And this dilapidated building that's all dark and dreary. Yeah. The meadow when the onceler first arrives has humming fish humming. <laughs> he describes the Lorax's voice as sharpish and bossy, which sort of sets the which tone. Which is so relatable for a child. Like the first time he speaks. At one point, the Lorax gives what he describes as a sawdusty sneeze. <laughs> oh, that's um, so good. Of course, the chopping of truffula trees. Yeah. In terms of the sound, it's a page toward the end of the story, and I'd like to read it, if you'll indulge me. I will indulge. At that very moment, we heard a loud whack. From outside in the fields came a sickening smack of an axe on a tree, then we heard the tree fall very last truffula tree of them all. That's a good page. Hell yeah. Can I illustrate a sickening smack? Sure. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our weekly bad noise. (laughs) I hate how bad noises have become a staple of our podcast because that's never what I wanted for my legacy. I know. I didn't want this for us. Damn, that sucks. (laughs) What will we tell the children? I do, however, have... um, Something that I might post to our Twitter, at Bigfoot and Bob. I think about five years ago, I have a great picture of one of our old roommates and Ryan, host of the podcast himself, dressed up as the Onceler and the Lorax in a party city. (laughs) (laughs) And it's awesome. Oh, wow. Ryan is the Lorax, and it's great. (gasps) He's got a feather boa on. I'm going to try and find that old picture. If you dig that picture up, I'd be so delighted. (laughs) You have no shame. Mm-mm. I can't blackmail you with these old pictures because nope. you're like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Titties out. I speak for the trees. Blaze it, motherfucker. <laughs> well, you don't say that. Because if you did, we couldn't be friends. <laughs> but yeah, all the best monsters have mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> so you. The Lorax. Both of our dads. <laughs> Aw, my dad's a cryptid. <laughs> 
oh no he went out to get cigarettes one day and all I have is a blurry photograph <laughs> that I took in the woods one time when I thought I spotted him. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Our podcast is sad now. Hey guys, welcome to our sad cast. <laughs> Bigfoot and sob. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Okay, big old tangent, but let's get back on track. What did you bring for Dr. Seuss Day? Okay, so before we get started on my favorite thing, I just wanted to say that... um. During my research, I kind of rediscovered a really old love for all these different Dr. Seuss books. Like, we're not going to mm. get into even the top 10 best ones because we just don't have time. Yeah. But. Well, we could do a rapid fire list. Ready? We'll go back and forth. No, no. Go. I'm trying to <laughs> okay, do a go, monologue go, go. here. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll be right back. Thank you. Please. Make this podcast twice as good. Fine. <laughs> See you. All right, listeners. It's time for me to fart, fart, fart the day away. <laughs> Dr. Seuss means a lot of things to a lot of people. He was a political cartoonist, as many of us have grown up to find out. And while his anti-war, anti-Hitler cartoons are delightful and incredible, it seems like his racial blind spot came along when the Japanese Americans were incarcerated and put into prison camps. And his opinions on that were just awful. It does seem that he may have changed his mind later in life, according to some correspondence with a close Japanese friend of his, but still, it's uh, something to keep in mind. And then I fired it all over him. What are you talking about? Farting. Cool. Anyway. I'm pretty sure every single listener, at least in the U.S., that we have has been influenced by Dr. Seuss's books in one way or another. Mm -hmm. I think that's safe to say, right? Yeah. For instance, when I was in elementary school, we used to have Dr. Seuss Day, which I think is also National Reading Day or National Literature Day. We would have green eggs and ham at school, of course. And then we would have, a, what do they call a lock-in? A, a lockdown? Um, oh, it's, I know what you mean. It's where they lock all the doors and you have sleeping bags and you spend the night at school and you read a lot. Or at the library. We had a lot of them at the library when I was a kid. Because mm. I was a big old nerd who would spend her whole summer collecting stickers and reading. Stickers are good. <laughs> stickers are great, man. I ordered some t-shirts for us to wear to PodCon. Ooh, that's exciting. Ryan, despite his many flaws, is a phenomenal graphic designer. <laughs> wow. Thank you? <laughs> despite your many flaws, thank you. <laughs> Also, the reason I chose Dr. Seuss for this week is because, you know, we've done the Muppets, we've stretched our definition of monster to include all of our favorite things, mm -hmm. and Dr. Seuss has some phenomenal creature designs in his kids' books. Heck yeah. His art is instantly recognizable. It's fantastic. He has all these funky critters. And like, yes, my favorite Dr. Seuss book is The Lorax, but there are some better monsters in some of his other books. Oh, yeah. Which I have brought today. Oh, wow. I present to you one of the best uh, Dr. Seuss monsters, the Ooblick. Hmm. Oh, yeah. You didn't expect that, huh? Nope. Yeah. You read Goosebumps growing up, right? Yes. You know R.L. Stein, our old yes. pal, which we have not yet covered in an episode, but rest assured, guys, we know. I think it's pronounced Rolstein. Rolstein? Hmm. You read Rolstein. Yeah, Rolstein. And you've and read Capplegate. <laughs> you've read a uh, Monster Blood, right? Yes. This fan. was the original Monster Blood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. The Ooblek. Lay it on me. This story is basically about a king and a little boy 
and something crazy happens in this kingdom where this green sticky goo called ooblick starts falling from the sky and causing a shit ton of problems. Sorry, I mean like a doodle flumbungus of problems. <laughs> it's Dr. Thank, Seuss episode. Thank you for the Dr. Seuss terminology. You're welcome. The first line of the story is, they still talk about it in the kingdom of Did as the year the king got angry with the sky. This is actually a recurring, it features a recurring character from Dr. Seuss's novels, which is Bartholomew Cubbins. One of his earliest books featured Bartholomew Cubbins' many, 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 many hats. And this one features his many sticky adventures with his pal, the king. Mm. The illustrations are fantastic because they're all in black and white, except for the oobleck, which is like this poisonous, yucky green color. Awesome. His wise men come up from a musty hole beneath the dungeon, and they all have like sunken faces and creepy, wide staring eyes, and they're wearing robes. It's very, very weird. The the goo doesn't just start falling from the sky for no reason. His like magicians summon it at his request, and then he realizes that this was a bad request. And um, it starts as little sort of teeny tiny blobs of green stuff falling from the sky. And the king is like, hell yeah, I have something no one else has. It's awesome. <laughs> Acid rain. Acid rain. <laughs> but then it starts falling in bigger and bigger blobs. And it starts gooing and gumming everything up. It sticks birds to their nests. It gums up the royal trumpeter's trumpet. Oh, no. I know. You can't have that. The captain of the guard decides to eat some. What? He's like, oh, why would this frighten me, my boy? And he picks him up on the end of his sword and eats it. And then he starts burping out green bubbles and his mouth is glued shut, which is just horrific. So and he also, dies. So he dies. And also, can I just read this line, which is savage as hell? Yeah. Forgive me for leaving you, Captain, said Bartholomew, but a captain full of bubbles is no help at all. Oh, damn. <laughs> like, okay, fuck you, old man. All right, Bart, moving on. And it starts raining down in chunks the size of horse and buggies, and everyone's, I assume, dying. Yeah, definitely this is killing people. This is like monster blood, which in the R.L. Stein book is this... Magical, horrible goo that eats people and grows and grows. And this is a similar thing, except it's Dr. Seuss and it's falling from the sky. And the king is being buried and he's crying and crying and he finally apologizes. And when he apologizes, everything starts melting away. And the king and him are pals and they're buddies and the king is really nice. And no one knows anything about the Ublek, and nothing ever happens with the old terrifying sorcerers who live in a hole beneath the dungeons. It's all very unsatisfying, and I think the next live-action feature-length movie of a Dr. Seuss book needs to be about Ublek. It's also the best monster in any Dr. Seuss book. And that's the end of my essay. Thank you, Miss Vafaizade. But the prompt was, what I did this summer. So you'll be getting an F. <laughs> Fuck! That is what it stands for. <laughs> the American grading system makes a lot more sense. So your choice of the Lorax was obviously the best choice. And yeah. I let you have it because I'm nice. Because we're both going to choose the Lorax. But what other monsters have caught your fancy as we were flipping through my old Dr. Seuss books from childhood? Well, you got the classics. You got the cat in the hat. He is a monster. A uh, chaos god. Um, you've got the Grinch. A penguin-esque figure, born deformed and shunned from society for it. 
Oh, you mean like the penguin from Batman, not yeah. just like a penguin? <laughs> like Ryan, penguins are deformed. They just lo- they just look like that. Couldn't you hear the capital P? No. Oh, fine. A a cobblepotian figure. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Shunned from society, cast into the underground as a mole man in the snow. The Who's are interesting, because on the one hand they're like a human allegory, basically, but they have like specific characteristics, and there are Doctor Seuss books that have just people in them, like Bartholomew Cubbins. Yes, so um, mm, yeah, I know what you mean. That most popular of medieval names, Cubbins. You don't know. So Doctor Seuss's first book was, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, which is adorable. Huh. It does have one of the only racist caricatures in um, any of his children's books, which I did find later that he changed it so that the depiction of the man was not racist. And also instead of a China man, it said a Chinese man. Mm. So like that's, you know, that's better. Yeah. I just wanted to put that out there. Like he's he was a great children's book author and he opposed Hitler and isolationism. There were a couple things. Yeah. I mean, there's no such thing as an unproblematic fave. Except us, we are your unproblematic faves. Yeah, yeah. I have never said Chinaman. Never in your life? Never ever. Not even obliquely or in reference? <gasps> you tricked me. Oh no. Geisel. <laughs> you know, he didn't originally pronounce Seuss as Seuss. Oh? He pronounced it, I think, as Sice. Sice. But um, he eventually changed it to the pronunciation that all the American readers were using. He said himself that he wanted to consider himself a bit of an American mother goose. So he mm. had it rhyme with that as Dr. Seuss. Mother goose and Dr. Seuss. Which I think is adorable. Yeah. Gotta search that up on AO3. What? No. You see, that speaks to the depravity of fan fiction, because there could very well be a story of the two of them having lunch, having little cucumber sandwiches and wine spritzers, but no, one would assume... No, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. This is your fault, listeners. The people of the internet. How am I going to be able to sleep at night? I have a book for that. What? (laughs) It's Dr. (laughs) Seuss's sleep book. Which I think is one of the most adorable children's books he ever wrote. And it has a ton of great monsters in it. It's just about all different kinds of monsters and critters and creatures across fantastical lands that are going to sleep and how they go to sleep. That's awesome. I think it's really cute. So in short, buy gold. Sell high. (laughs) How do you guys like our new outro? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's bad. Read some Dr. Seuss books. Love each other. Relive your childhood. Build a blanket fort. Eat green eggs and ham. Subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Tweet at us at Bigfoot and Bob. Email us bigfootandbob at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. Make it five stars and make it sweet and nice and we'll love you forever. And maybe you'll get a free copy of Cat in the Hat, first edition and signed. You won't. But maybe you will. You definitely won't if you don't. You won't if you don't. And that's a Dr. Seuss fact. <laughs> Seuss facts. Whoops. <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. Are Dr. Seuss's books available as audiobooks? You know what? I think they just might be. Hmm. Hmm. You can find out for yourself over at audibletrial.com slash Bigfoot, where you can get a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial of their service. They have thousands of audiobooks to choose from. They've got Blim Blinkins and Flim Flamichins, and they've got Roast Beast and Do Hinkums. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs>
<laughs> also, check out our Pacific Northwest podcasting group, Podcific. We're at Podcific on Twitter. Or Facebook.com slash groups slash NW. That's P-O-D-C-I-F-I-C-N-W. It's a family of podcasts that support each other. We love you. We love, love you. Won't you say it back? They're not saying it back, Brian. Do they not love, love us? I guess they don't. <laughs> Unless you're kissing your podcast player right now. I don't ever want to see you again. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. I'm Layla. And I'm Ryan. And the truth is, is in, in here. here.